0: Praise the Lord, Grace Church. Has anybody come to bless the name of the Lord today? Can we all stand and give God some praise? For he is great and he is greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We need no other hiding place. Our hope is safe within your name. We know, this, we you begin, you this we know, this we know, you promised never to forsake, but you began you wish to stay, this we know, this we know. Rise, your shackles are no more For Jesus Christ has broken every chain All of the heavens and the earth Announce the fullness of your word
1: worship him in this house today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Let's enter into his courts with praise. Come on, collectively, one more time. That's what we've come to do. Lord, we lift you up. We're calling on your name. We're praising you. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord today? Hallelujah. I feel His presence. We've come with worship. We've come with praise, just as the Bible is instructed. And that means that the stage is set, the platform is set for us to experience the presence of God in a very real and a very profound way. And I believe that before we leave here today, we will see a demonstration of God's power and God's spirit. Do you believe that today? Amen. 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 I do want to welcome all of you here this morning. It is great to see you right here on Grace Church campus. Those joining us on Facebook Live and live stream, we are so glad that you have chosen to be a part of our service today. And before you're seated today, I do want to just take a moment and acknowledge all of the dads in the house. Happy Father's Day, dads. We love you. Yeah, they deserve a great hand clap of appreciation. From Grace Church, we love you, all of our dads from the bottom of our heart. We hope that you have a great day today, and we hope that it is your day and that you just get to celebrate and enjoy it with your family. And don't forget, on the way out, we have a very special gift for all of the dads that we want you to take home with you and enjoy and just know that Grace Church loves you and is thinking about you. Amen? Amen. God bless you today. You may be seated, and we just have a very, very special and wonderful presentation we're going to make right now. Um, just carve a few minutes out of our service to do this. I'm going to ask Noah and Joseph Whiteley to come forward. Now, they need a wheelbarrow to get all these quizzing trophies up here, so give them a minute. But I want you to know, Grace Church, they represented you very well yesterday in the, in the, in the junior division Louisiana State Finals. I'm happy to report to you today that these fellows won first place in the state of Louisiana. Yeah, that's alright. You may be seated. Now, They. Earlier in the year, they won first place at Extravaganza, which is, is is a I guess kind of a regional. Would you say it's a regional where where several states come together and compete? And uh, by winning first place there, they were guaranteed a spot at nationals, which will happen in a little later this summer. Um, so they won first place there, then came back and won first place here yesterday in the state. And so we're so proud of them. But but let me just give you just a, a quick insight here. It, it, you, Thought it was something I said. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's that way, folks. Sometimes it's just that way. And it, it, it kind of sets me up for what I was about to say here. It, it takes a lot of work to get to this level. You don't, you don't just tap dance your way uh, to first place in state. And I just want to tell you, they, they learned 283 verses committed to memory uh, this year out of the book of Mark. And it's not just knowing them and, and having them memorized, but they they kind of slice and dice. You've got to know words and how many uh, words apply or how many words are taken out of this verse and that verse and cross reference, and and the, it's a very thorough memorization of the material. And then on top of that, the the dedication and the commitment it takes to quiz at this level. Uh, just to give you an example, I, I mentioned to to Casey uh, yesterday, said, you know, I didn't see a lot of Noah at junior camp last week. I saw him a couple times in the tabernacle and that was about it. And she said, yeah all the break times that they had all recreation and all that Noah went back to the, to the, uh, to the cabin and, and studied Bible quizzing to be prepared for this tournament that took place Friday and yesterday. So that's the kind of commitment it takes to, to quiz at this level. You have to really take a deep dive and apply yourself. And that's exactly what these guys have done and we're very, very proud of you. So they will be representing us as Louisiana team one, uh, first place team from Louisiana representing us at nationals in Branson in in just a month or so, I guess, towards the end of July. And so uh, we are very proud of them and we'll see what, uh, what what God has in store for us there at that tournament. Joseph yesterday quizzed out twice which means he got so many questions right, they were like, dude, you just got to get off the stage. You're too good for us. It was more than twice. It was more than twice. These ribbons represent how many times he quizzed out. Thank you, buddy. (laughs) He quizzed out many times, which means he he got so many right, they're like, dude, you can't get any more right and stay in the game, basically. And he made all-tournament team third-highest scorer. And then Noah was also all-tournament team, second-highest score. So you see those trophies. You see the first-place trophy, and then you see their individual trophies up here, all their ribbons. That's what all that represents. So, guys, job well done. Proud of you. I want y'all to just stay there for just a second. We're also so thrilled to announce and present that our very own Courtney Henson was voted coach of the year by her fellow coaches and was presented with this plaque. Absolutely. Thank
2: you very much. Um, Thank you for doing that. Dave, I probably would have cried through it. Um, I hope that I get through this without blubbering too badly. Yesterday's speech was a bit of a mess. Um, But I am very godly proud of our quizzers, but I would have been proud of them no matter what the outcome this past weekend and no matter how they did this year throughout. They have done a tremendous job all year of staying focused and motivated and uh, keeping true to their commitment, and most importantly, keeping a positive attitude. The trophies are nice, and uh, it is a nice incentive for all the hard work that they've put in. But they know, and we know, that that's not why we do this. As I have said so many times whenever I come up here to recognize our quizzers, this program takes next level time and commitment. Just to learn the verses takes discipline, and then you get into really dissecting those verses, like Dave was saying and uh, you learn who is speaking when and to whom. One-time words, two-time words, practicing question after question. Countless hours spent daily and weekly completely immersed in God's word. And as a young person, especially those in the junior age group, that can be a lot. And it can be no fun at times, I'll just be honest. You might fight it and say, I don't wanna do it today. Parents too, and that's okay. But it can be really fun at other times. But the older the quizzer gets, the more you see them really start to understand why they actually do this. And they start to become self-motivated. They want to spend time digesting the word as God intended, to start asking questions and seeking God through prayer time, questions that lead to further delving into the context of why God said this. What were the circumstances around it? How does he want me to apply this to my walk? And through that time and devotion, a relationship like none other begins to blossom, a relationship firmly rooted in His Word. It's the most beautiful thing, and I have seen it happen time and time again, with myself included as a quizzer, and with quizzers that I have had the privilege to coach over the years. Quizzing also has a funny way of building character and teaching you life lessons that are the hardest to learn, especially as a kid, but learning those lessons young helps you as an adult later in life, of this I can attest, Um, And you might not care so much about that now, but in 20 years, you will, believe me. I said this yesterday, and I want to reiterate it again as this quizzer starts to come to an end. I encourage everyone to at least try quizzing. Yes, it's hard, and no, it isn't for everyone, but you will never look back on your time as a quizzer or as a quiz parent, for that matter, and regret it. Whether you do this for a few months and say it's not for me, or you do it for an entire quiz career, you will never regret it. The time that you spend learning these verses are not in vain. How can they be? God's word has a way of implanting itself in your heart and re emerging when you least expect it and certainly when you most need it. It will be your anchor in the midst of every storm and your lifeline when you don't know where to turn or what to do. Thank y'all.
1: Great job. Great job. And let me also mention, Brother Chris and Sister Casey Whiteley, the parents of these boys, the the parents work just as hard, if not harder, I promise you. So they have done a tremendous job as well. And the bottom line of of all of this, I just want to reiterate and let you know that you are very well represented. Grace Church is represented so well at the state level, district level, and now on the national level uh, in in Bible quizzing circles. Can I say this? We're on the map. (laughs) We're on the map. People know who Grace Church is. Let me just say that. So we're so proud of our quizzers, of our coach of the year. Thank you so much. God bless you today. Before we go back into our worship service, I do want to just just remind you and thank you uh, for your faithfulness in giving. Of course, you can give online. You can give in Grand Central on your way out this morning after church. Thank you for your generosity and your faithfulness in giving. Don't forget that senior camp starts next week. All of our senior campers, uh, those that that have registered and planning to go tomorrow, begin senior camp. Been very blessed this year in the camp season. Been some wonderful, wonderful services up in Tioga. Don't forget that Tuesday morning prayer has been dismissed until Tuesday, July 13th, basically after the July 4th holiday due to the camp season. And then this coming Saturday, June 26th, men's prayer has been dismissed, so make a note of that, and then next Sunday, we're very excited to announce that Brother Jerry Hutchison will be with us ministering in that service, he has blessed us before here at Grace Church, and we know next Sunday will be no different, we're looking forward to the ministry of Brother Hutchison, so God bless you today as you remember these things, put these things on your calendar for the week, are you ready to worship the Lord, I am, and the praise team is coming to lead us back into the presence of the Lord. I think it would be good if you would just stand with me and let's just lift our hands, lift our voices, and prepare our minds and our hearts for the worship service today. God, we worship you. We praise you. Thank you for the presence of God that we feel. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands to Jesus, Grace Church?
0: Surrender my life
3: it all is here in this place today he's here this morning you know they say that the father determines what the child is going to be the father determines what the child feels and their sense of purpose and their sense of worth and i'm here to tell you all today we're here to celebrate our earthly fathers but more than that we're here to celebrate our heavenly father our heavenly father who saw a purpose in us a plan and a place that he was going to bring us to a father who said I love you so much that I'm going to die for you I love you so much that I'm going to fill you with my spirit I'm going to fill you with my purpose I'm going to fill you with my anointing and my ability because I know I know that you have a purpose I know that you can do this I know that you can live in this life and that you can be a light to those that don't know me see thee through
0: you and if we would just open our mouths and we would just open our our, our eyes and see that you would be us you would meet us in this way the one who
4: Let's lift him up today shall we everybody? let's lift up Jesus He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Hallelujah aren't you thankful for the place you're in today? Great church to be in a great relationship with God I'm thankful for his presence here today hallelujah 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 thank the Lord great to see all of you and uh, thank you so much all of our guests here today thank you so much for coming to worship the Lord with us today live stream Facebook livers we're glad to have you as well we pray that the service is a blessing Along with Brother Dave, Happy Father's Day to all of us, amazing, wonderful fathers! Right? That's right! Hallelujah! Thank the Lord! Thank the Lord! All dads aren't bad; they're just—they're not. We have some great dads, and uh, we salute all of our dads here today. Thank you so much! Happy Father's Day! Hope your family treats you well. Hope Owen Cooper has taken care of business as we talked to him about Wednesday night. So uh, he's doing fine. Okay, all right. He's doing good. So love to have fun with Owen. Just have a lot of fun with Owen. Love Owen. Uh, great guy. Thank the Lord. But happy Father's Day to you all. You may be seated for a moment and then we will uh, go to the word of the Lord. I would be remiss today not to uh, jump on the bandwagon with the applause for our quizzing team, our quizzing staff. All of you folks that have made this year absolutely amazing. I salute Nathan and Courtney Henson. They have been amazing. They have absolutely, both of them have been amazing. And uh, to take on this uh, enormous task. And, uh, of course, I have to agree they had two amazing kids to work with. And uh, there's no prejudice or bias there at all, you see. But uh, I do appreciate these folks so very much. Uh, They've taken Noah and Joseph in and just have been wonderful to them. And I believe this is going to be a relationship between them uh, and Noah and Joseph that will, that will last for a long, long time. This season will never be forgotten. Courtney made the statement yesterday in uh, her uh, comments after receiving uh, Coach of the Year award. That, she was, that was voted by her peers. And uh, I thought that was amazing. And uh, we are so thankful and proud for her. Uh, to receive that award. But um, these folks have just been absolutely amazing. And she made in her, in her a statement in her comments yesterday that that's where she met Nathan, was uh, in Bible quizzing. Uh, there were several here yesterday that said they met their their, their love mate for life, their spouse for life uh, through quizzing. It's, uh, it's been amazing. It's been a tremendous blessing for our church and for all those that's been a part of it. And uh, and I salute Noah and Joseph. I uh, I sat here yesterday, amazed. Uh, commented to two or three people around me. They would they'd answer these. They'd answer a question before it was asked. Uh, I know married people do that a lot and get in trouble, but uh, or don't do it and get in trouble. Don't ask a question. Don't answer it either. Either way, anyway, it's Neither here nor there. Um, but they would answer a question before it was asked not only did they answer it they'd, they'd repeat the question and then answer it before they knew what the whole question was I, I just I don't understand how they can do that and uh, I watched Noah yesterday on one particular occasion I was just swept away the quiz master just said a couple of words and he hit the buzzer and I'm like you only know what he said dude I, I don't know what you're going to say he answered the quiz master said that's correct and i just looked at somebody sitting next to me i don't understand it i don't know how they do that but they were absolutely exceptional here not only in their knowledge but their attitude and spirit i'm often amazed with our quizzers they they quiz against each other and one of them will really beat the other one real bad and when the quiz is over they're out in the lobby or out in the front front somewhere playing together i wish adults could learn that lesson amen so uh, I applaud them. They were just simply outstanding. It's been a phenomenal year, and uh, we're so proud of them and so thankful for their achievement. And uh, youth camps, we've got two behind us, one coming up this week, and uh, the two last week have been phenomenal, and we're very thankful for that. We're glad for all of our quizzers that went, but we also had a host of parents that met, and I think that is so key, so important when parents are involved, and uh, to make it even All the more special, and uh, we want to thank all of you, all of our quizzers. There's a lot of them that even worked at the campground uh, in Tioga. They they love it. Uh, We have more going back this coming week that want to work. We have several that's going back this week just to work at camp. They're not enrolling. They're just working in the dining hall, concession stand, wherever they're needed, and uh, they love the campground. It's an awesome thing, and I'm very very thankful for that. Great great camp. So speaking of youth camps. I want to thank those that drove the van I think Sister Farrah drove it uh, to kids camp Brother James and Brother Donnie drove it last week to junior camp I want to thank these folks for that and uh, I want to say in passing we'll talk about it more in the future but you parents that whined a little bit about having to do the, the waiver of liability statement so your kids can get on the van we're driving your kids to the campground for free No more whining. Just fill the thing out and turn it back into the church office. So got that out of the way. Um, So you get the point. But we've had some of our wonderful, wonderful kids that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost at camp. And we're always excited about that. There's something special. I love for kids to receive the Holy Ghost in their home church. That's where I like for them to receive the Holy Ghost. But if you're going to receive the Holy Ghost anywhere else, what a better place to receive it than at the campground there's a memory there's an attachment there's a love and devotion for that that's unbelievable so uh gabriella received the baptism of the holy ghost at camp we want her to come up here uh if she can and uh also gracie bryant received the baptism of the holy ghost at camp and uh so we're very very thankful for both of these beautiful beautiful girls uh maddox williams received the holy ghost he's not here he must be with his grandfather today would be my guess but we applaud all of these for receiving the baptism of the holy ghost and that is certainly certainly amazing and uh it's all of you most of you should know by now this is the the her and her brother are miracle miracle babies and uh, we're so thankful for for all of that uh for their birth and the way all of that happened so it's a tremendous tremendous miracle but there's none greater than being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, being born again. Thank the Lord of the Spirit of the Lord. and We're happy for you, baby, that you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's your certificate. And uh, on Tuesday night, June the 8th, you was filled with the Holy Ghost at the campground. So you can keep that and give it to your parents. And Gracie, uh, this is a beauty right here. Received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're proud for her. And uh, we want God to direct her steps, direct her life, and uh, just lead her on to heaven. The journey begins the journey begins absolutely congratulations baby on receiving the Holy Ghost God bless you let's give them some appreciation amen thank the Lord love our our students love them so very much and um, so thankful for what God is doing and accomplishing in their lives so if you'll stand with me again I'd like to call your attention to the word of God and I thank you for your patience I do think we have a, a, a place where you can take photos with your dad after church out in the lobby, I believe. It's out in the front. Uh, feel free to take advantage of that after the service. Again, we're so glad for everyone that's here today. Thank you so very much for being a part of Grace Church. I do not plan to hold you long. I will not preach more than two hours today. So uh, y'all y'all be in good shape. Hallelujah. John chapter 8 beginning with verse 1. Excuse me, John chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. John chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents but that the works of God should be manifest in him. He went on to say, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spit on the ground, using our word for that, he spit on the ground, made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said unto him, watch this, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. The neighbors therefore that was, and they which before had seen him that was blind said, is this not, uh, is not this he that sat and begged? Some said this is he, others said he is like him, but the, the blind man said, previously blind, he said, I am he. And therefore they, say, they uh, said they unto him, how were thine eyes opened? And he answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received sight. And they said unto him, Where is he? And he said, I know not. I want to point out to you today that Jesus said to the blind man, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. But he answered, the blind man answered those questioning him. He said, Jesus said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. He repeated it backwards from what Jesus said. Jesus gave him a command to go and then wash in the pool of Siloam but the man answered Jesus told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash in other words Jesus gave him a commandment but the blind man interpreted it as a journey it wasn't a one step commandment it was a journey it was a walk, it was a hike I want to preach to you for just a few moments today about the miracle of the journey The miracle of the journey. Say thank the Lord for the word if you would. Thank you for that. God bless you and you may be seated. As most of you know, I used to ride a motorcycle and the the concept behind that was it wasn't the destination, it was the journey. In our walk with God, it is absolutely the destination. It is absolutely the destination, but... Included with that is a journey. Nobody is born again and then goes to heaven immediately. There's a journey between here and there. And there's various viewpoints on the journey. There's people who look at it differently. Their perspective of this relationship with God that we all have, we look at it differently. For example, William Perkey said one time, you've got to dance like there's nobody watching, love like you'll never be hurt, sing like there's no one listening, and live like it's heaven on earth. His perspective of this journey. Ermer Bombeck said, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have to, not have a single bit of talent left. I could say, I've used everything you've given me. Perspective about the journey. Helen Keller said, Death is no more than passing from one room to another. But there's a difference for me, you know, because in that other room, I shall be able to see. A.W. Tozer said, I can safely say." On the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God. That any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. I believe that. But these are ideas, perspective, points of view about this journey we call life between here and heaven. But for just good measure here today, Will Rogers said... If there are no dogs in heaven, then when I die, I want to go where they went. I can relate to that. Some of you can if you're a dog lover. I believe that when people come to know Jesus, I believe that when people come to know Jesus, they embark on a journey. As I said a moment ago, you're not born again and then instantly step into heaven. There's a life to live between here and there. And no matter where people start from on this journey from here to heaven, no matter where they start it from, to me it is a miracle. Whether it start from old traditional, perhaps false religious views and background, or from... Deep, deep sin. Just horrible, nightmarish addictions, habits, lifestyles, immoralities. It doesn't matter from where your journey starts from here to heaven. It's a miracle when it is successfully finished. It is an amazing miracle. I have attended the funeral services of children. I've attended funeral services of the very elderly and aged. It's interesting to me that in just a few days, our sweet Hubert Nixon will have made completed his journey a year ago. It doesn't seem like a year that my father-in-law passed, but we're there. But he lived a long journey, lived a long life, Walked a long road from here to his eternal resting place. To me, that is a miracle. To be born again of water and spirit and then to be able to claim heaven as yours at some point in your life. And everybody said amen. Let's talk about the story that I just read to you out of scripture. Who did sin the disciples at? Why is it when people see someone who is in a bad way, we sometimes want to ask, who did sin? We may may not put it in those exact words, but what did they do? Why are they being punished so severely? Why is the love of God not being manifested in them at some level? I do believe there is something inherent in human nature to want to find fault and blame, even... When we're the victim, when we're the martyr, there's some vindication perhaps and justification and and pointing to a person in our life and say it was their fault that I am what I am. We try to make someone else responsible for the negative things that's happened in our life. When the disciples posed this question to Jesus in reference to this man who was born blind, I want you to notice the answer that Jesus gave. It's interesting to me that Jesus said neither he nor his parents sinned. I don't believe Jesus meant they were perfect people and never sinned. But their sin was not the cause of his blindness. But it's God's. Somebody listen to me right now. God has a unique ability to turn the table on sin, to turn the table on the devil, To turn the table on life. God has a unique ability to do that. If anybody can make lemonade out of lemons, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's done it with people sitting in this room right now. When our lives were a disaster, when our lives was anything but something we could be proud of, God turns the table and as the old song says, he made something beautiful out of my life. I want to say in passing that nobody here today is hopeless. Nobody here today. Nobody here today. Nobody today. Here today is beyond the reach of grace. You're not beyond the reach of mercy. You're not beyond the reach of the love of God. As a matter of fact, you're more under that canopy and umbrella of grace and mercy and the love of God than you could ever imagine because he came to save sinners. He came to save people who sin. He came to save people who are not in good relationship with him. That's why he came, is to love people like you and I don't sit there and say he doesn't love me that's a lie from the pit of hell itself the further in sin you are shall I say God has a propensity to love you more you're the one he went to Calvary for yes he did so Jesus responded to their question who did sin?" Who can we blame? Jesus said nobody. Neither he nor his parents. This is not necessarily, his blindness is not necessarily a sin-based problem. But it is an opportunity from which God can get glory from. Love that perspective. The theme, the the, the reason we're here today is Grace Church. It's on our sign. We're a place of hope and healing and restoration. I yes. uh, get some level of fulfillment out of people coming to this church and saying, I'm of this kind of person or that kind of person and there's no hope for me, whatever. I love to stand in this pulpit and proclaim, oh, yes, there is hope. You have no idea because there's people here today whose lives was as wrecked and torn up as anybody else's, but they found Jesus. They found the blood of Jesus. They found forgiveness. They found hope. They found restoration. They found reconciliation. It ain't over with you, man. It ain't over. God. God still has a plan did sin place you where you are perhaps but here comes Jesus and says I'm going to get something else out of this I'm not going to let sin have its way I'm not going to let sin ruin this person but I'm going to come and by the time it's all said and done I'm going to get some glory out of this I'm going to get some praise out of this I'm going to get some honor out of this What a better day than for a dad here today on Father's Day to come face to face with the Heavenly Father and begin a parental relationship. Based on the love of God and the power of God and the Holy Ghost and forgiveness and healing. I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. The presence of God is here today and He wants to touch somebody's life. Oh, yes. So what could happen in the lives of people around us if we, if we approach them in their situation Not from a standpoint of condemnation and being judgmental, but saying, why don't we look for an opportunity for the glory and power of God to be made manifest in them. I met a man this week, and that's my hope, and there's people here today that knows who I'm talking about. He's actually committed to come visit Grace Church here in the next Sunday or two, and I hope he does. But I look at that man and not blame all the reasons why He's not living for God like he should at his own admission. But I'm looking at that as an opportunity for God to turn the table on bitterness and grudge and hardness and make him into a man in the later years of his life. Make him into somebody that loves God and gives glory to God that God is so deserving of. It is interesting to me that Jesus gave them a little Bible study And this that said, essentially, I've come here to do the will of my Father. Um, We need to work while it's a day. And then, uh, because the night comes when no man can work. And then Jesus just turns around and goes, I wonder if I did that here this morning, what some of you would think. (laughs) On the ground. (laughs) Y'all get the point. (laughs) Didn't mean to go that far, but no, we got lunch coming. But I just want you to get the point. How in the world are you going to make anything of this, Jesus? Why are you spitting for crying out loud? I think that's a fair question. I'm here to help somebody. So and so, come up here and let me help you. But first, let me spit. The Bible said, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man. Everybody's got to hear. I'm not going to be much longer. This is going to be kind of a short one today. Two reasons may be a sign for making this, taking dirt and spit and making clay out of it and putting it on the eyes of this blind man. One of the reasons it could be, is believe it or not, spit back then wasn't looked at as spit is now. The Jews regarded spit as medicinal to the eyes when they're diseased. They believed that spit could help eyes that were diseased. But they forbid you using spit to help diseased eyes on the sabbath day you could use you could use spit six days a week but not the sabbath so it's believed that jesus did this for a dual purpose and it should be obvious one to show that yes perhaps jesus would embrace their ideology about spit being having some medicinal qualities to it But he also showed them how ridiculous their traditions were regarding the Sabbath day. He showed that their interpretation of the law of the Sabbath was contrary to the intention of God and that his disciples were not bound by their notions of sacredness of that day. So he spits and soups it around, sloshes it around in the dirt. And makes this clay stuff and puts it on the eyes of this man. Most people here today would have been offended already not doing that ridiculousness. I'm embarrassed, I'm humiliated, I'll come to that in a moment. But then Jesus tells him, <laughs> He's put spit on his clay, dirt on his eyes. And then if that ain't enough, he tells this blind man to go. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. How in the world do you tell a blind man to go somewhere? He can't see. I've I I walked in this building a thousand times. I don't want to walk around with my eyes closed. I'd run into something. I know it's there and I'd still run into it. Jesus is asking this man to go through town with this mess all over his face. A dirty, nasty mess all over his face. You know, it's funny how we're not embarrassed by our sin. But we sure are embarrassed at what God asked us to do about it. Oh, I can't come down here and repent. I'll make a complete fool out of myself in a bar last night and get in a fight and getting thrown out, and I'll get punched, and I'll say stuff that I don't even know what I said I was a drunk. But I can't come down here. And I'm sure not going to get in that baptistry, and I'm not going to come up with my hair all wet. But I'll cheat on my spouse. I can't imagine what was running through the heart of Jesus. Was he making an example out of this blind man? Yes, he was. And he said it from the very beginning. I'm going to get glory out of this man. Because what this man is going to get, what he's going to receive, is going to be worth anything he's suffered in his journey. So, Jesus told him to go wash. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Wash in the pool. One translation said, in the fountains. The Bible said, by interpretation, when Jesus said to go wash in the pool of Siloam, the interpretation is he was set. because it is regarded as a privilege and blessing to be sent somewhere by God. Why Jesus sent the blind man to wash at this particular place is unknown. It's clear that the waters in themselves had no ability or value in and of themselves to open the eyes of a blind man. But it is probable that Jesus directed him to go there to test his obedience. Not faith. Not faith. Obedience. Obedience. And to see whether he was disposed to obey him in a case where he could not see a reason for all of this no I ain't going there if you can't heal me here then I just won't be healed and you're not putting all that stuff all over my face either am I talking to anybody yet is anybody listening an instance somewhat similar occurs in the case of Naaman the Syrian leper in second kings chapter five a proud Syrian despised the instruction he despised the instruction I ain't doing that that's stupid And there's no reason for it. I'm not doing it. But this little maid said, it's not going to hurt. You have nothing to lose. So he obeyed and he was cleansed. And it shows us how, that we should obey the commands of God, whether however unmeaning or mysterious they may appear. God always has a reason for all that he directs us to do. Our faith and willingness to obey Him are often tried when we see little of the reason of His requirements. So Jesus sends him, puts him on what seems to be an impossible journey, one that cannot be accomplished, one that is it's ridiculous to ask a blind man to go somewhere. So Jesus sends him and puts him on this journey. Is telling a blind man to go to a specific place. How was he to get there? The Bible gives no indication of how he made it there. But isn't that the miracle of the journey? The Bible gives no indication of how he made it there. But isn't that the miracle of the journey? I, we, have been given a command to move forward I will speak for myself I know where I'm going but I'm not always sure on how to get there I've been given a command I I want you to accomplish this I want you to do this I want you to say this I want you to be this but I'm not sure God how in the world am I going to do it find it interesting that after Jesus told him go He placed emphasis on the instruction, but the blind man placed emphasis on the journey. Jesus said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. But the blind man said later, Jesus told me go to the pool of Siloam and wash. Jesus placed emphasis on the instruction. The blind man placed emphasis on the journey. To send a blind man on a journey seems a bit cruel and inhumane. No help, no guide, no assistance. The burden placed on the blind man that day was to redeem his miracle. It was up to the blind man to help somebody Help him, to find somebody to help him get there. It was up to the blind man to find assistance. It was up to the blind man to find appropriate answers to his questions. It was up to him. God didn't put this lily pad path in front of him and take two steps and turn around and voila, there you go. He put him on a journey. Somebody's got to hear me today. It began by taking the first step of what was going to be a long, challenging, virtually impossible journey. And here comes the obstacles. Oh, yes. There are obvious obstacles, things he couldn't see. To you, it's nothing. To me, it's nothing. But to him, he couldn't see what was in front of him. There were obvious obstacles, obvious to you and me, but he couldn't see it. But there was something else. There was something else. Listen to pastor today. The greatest blessing bestowed upon this man in this whole process, in my opinion, is that he could not see how people were seeing him. He had the mud packs on his eyes with another man's spit running down his face. He looked really odd, really unusual, perhaps even scary. I'm not sure he knew what he looked like. But it's obvious that he did not care. We're so worried about all that stuff, what people are going to think, what they're going to say. We're eat up with that. We're eat up with ourselves. I'm going to be me by God. And if people like it, fine. If they don't, fine, whatever. You can't see how people are looking at you. Sometimes that's a blessing. So if you were that person in a bar or that person out somewhere in public making a complete fool out of yourself and everybody laughing at you because you're being stupid, why would it matter if you come up here today and people laughed and pointed a finger and said, look at that, it doesn't matter because what you'll get here will be life-changing. It will change. I'm not going through the motions today. The best gift a family could receive is a changed, seeing father today. So he really didn't care what people thought. His attitude was simply this. Hey, I'm blind and you see me. But the next time you see me, I'll be able to see you. To see things the way they really to see reality, to see truth, to see beauty, to comprehend the blessings of life that you've never understood or could see before. The second obstacle was he had to leave his spot. He had to leave his place of security. He had to leave his comfort zone. There are people here today that have miracles waiting on them if you're willing to leave your comfort zone. If Peter was going to walk out of on, on the stormy sea, if he's gonna walk on water, he had to leave the boat now let's just be real. You ain't gonna walk in the water standing on the boat. And the third thing he had to do was he had to un- he had to stand up, which was so uncommon. It was not a posture for a beggar. You didn't stand when you were a beggar. You were always on your knees always. But God was restoring him his esteem, restoring his identity as a man, restoring his identity as a person of value, a person with value. You don't have to take the beggar posture and just take things from people because they're being merciful. But you can assume a place of honor, a place of value. If you want to move forward in life, in this journey, You have to change your posture so in conclusion today what this blind man i suppose had to come face to face with in his own life was the potential that was being offered to him the potential being recognized and somehow on the inside of himself when Jesus said, Go wash at the pool of Siloam, the blind man had to realize, I may be blind, but I can walk. There was potential there. His total focus was taken away from his blindness and put on his potential. I wish everybody could see that. I hear it all the time as pastor, and, and that's part of the job, and it's okay. I welcome it, but I'm going to argue with you about it. But Pastor, I've been a this and a that, and Pastor, I am a this and a that, and I can't do this and I can't do that. I love that moment. I love that moment. I want to take your focus off of your blindness and put it on what you can do. I want to take your focus off of what you can't be and put the focus on what you can blind man's attitude if someone would just point me in the right direction I'll take the necessary steps my eyes are void of sight but my feet and legs can walk so the blind man began to see the potential his potential in addition to that what did he have to lose what do you have to lose is being a better person a horrible thing is recognize your potential a terrible thing there's folks here today <clears throat> i could walk up to you and look you in the eye and say this if it wouldn't embarrass you too bad but there's people here today with more potential than you can imagine but you focus your entire life on what's on the inside of you that doesn't make you work like you want to work instead of looking around other places about you to see what is there that can work We're blinded by so many things around us. And what we do see are only obstacles, they're only problems, they're only difficulties. There, It's my parents, it's my spouse, it's my kids, it's my job, it's no money, it's where I live, it's what I drive, it's where I came from, it's what happened to me when I was a child, it's what happened to me when I was married, it's what happened to me, it's what happened to me. Jesus took to focus all of that. Who was why was this man born blind? Jesus was it because of him or his parents and sin? And Jesus said, Forget all of that. Let me take you to a whole nother point of view. This man reeks with potential. He has promised, shut up in his bones. Yes, he's blind. Jesus didn't ignore his blindness, but he didn't focus entirely on his blindness. He looked at his feet and said, the man can walk, so I'm going to put him on a journey. Get your eyes off of what's wrong and look for what can be right. stand with me today again Jesus put the man's miracle first but the blind man put the journey first and we're blinded by so many things around us Israel when leaving Egypt faced the Red Sea a wilderness, starvation, thirst the Jordan River the walls of Jericho obstacles everywhere And that first generation never saw their potential. But the second one did. Gideon faced the Midianites. David faced a giant. The three Hebrew boys faced a furnace. Daniel faced a den of lions. Paul faced a storm. God never said the journey would be easy. He didn't promise it would be without trial and obstacles. But there's a miracle at the end of it. was very prominent in a number of different fields of expertise. Some of you may have heard of her. C Joy Bell C is what she calls herself. She said, don't be afraid of your fears. They're not there to scare you. They're there to let you know that something is worth it. One man said, the end of a melody the end of a melody is not its goal but nonetheless had the melody not reached its end it would not have reached its goal either there's some people here today I know it's Father's Day and you got plans and that's where your mind's at and a mistake you'll get to your Father's Day thing in a minute what's coming next is far more important than what you have planned after this I'm asking you to take a trip to the pool of Siloam that's more important than the restaurant you're about to go to or someone's backyard patio you're about to go to I'm not being disrespectful I'm being honest there's people here today that can leave with a completely different perspective about you your life and this journey accept it receive it you can every step of good, bad, happy step and if you wanted to embark today on a journey with Jesus you're going to have more obstacles and things to come out of and work out and all that but that's part of it that's life you don't come out of anything without a fight you don't come out of anything without effort it's life but the end of it is this amazing miracle called restoration sight and heaven I thank God for my journey so, as they begin to sing softly, maybe there's a dad here. Maybe there's a friend, a spouse, family member, whoever it may be. I'd just like to walk up here to the front and say, you know what? In my way, I'm going to begin a new journey. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to embark on a new journey today. I'm going to take what the preacher said to heart. I want to begin a new journey with my family, with my kids. I want to start a new journey with Jesus. With me, I can't see where I'm going. I probably look awkward. I probably look foolish. I don't know what to do. It's okay because the miracle at the end of it, And God will never make you look more foolish than you have already in your life at some point. He's not here to embarrass you. He's not here to is here to bless your life with something amazing. So as they sing, I wonder if everybody could come, all of our families, everybody, and say, God, I'm coming to, life die. to start a journey. You and ran together. to my
0: rescue. can wrap my head yes, around the cross. Everybody come for a few moments. Everybody, have fun. your life. he minister to you in ways
4: you can't to you you, can. yes, can. yes, can. you have to just take that first step. That first step. God, I'm coming. God, I'm coming.
0: I'll do what you're asking me. Y'all sing to me.